Welcome Sacramento to your State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis and today I am joined by Sharon and Jared. First, uh, let's go to the man who made the trip out to Rising Stadium yesterday, Jared. How's it going, man? Uh, yeah, a little disappointed, but uh, not not just with the match. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that later, but uh, at least one good thing I can say, even though we didn't exactly beat Phoenix, we still stuck it to them yesterday in more ways than one. But uh, we'll see. There's always this coming Saturday. How are you doing? Wait, 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 wait. I got to find out the more ways than one, because what happened, Jared? What do we know that will be true? Possibly if Miami... Say what or Tampa Bay? What? 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 Tell us a little bit more. Well, Phoenix, what it was to have gotten the best record in the league, it would have home advantage throughout the entire playoffs had they won, because that would give them more points than Tampa Bay. <laughs> but since that was not the case, yeah, Sacramento still finds a way to kind of retaliate, even though we didn't win. I like it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's that's all that was. So, how, how are you doing, Sharon? By the way, thank you for taking over hosting duties in the last show. I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, so the whole plan was you were supposed to be able to insert your own comments during the thing, but I haven't listened to it yet. But I understand you inserted noises and uh, and different sound effects. So I appreciate that part of what you ended up what you were able to do from your hotel in, on the East Coast. Um, Jacksonville was it? Anyhow, <laughs> I'm I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. I'm a little bit tired. Um, yeah, it's always the cat. You know, there's always a, a story about the cat. It's either going to be trash, my cat, my neighborhood stuff, or some kind of event. And today it's the cat. I didn't get a ton of sleep, but I'm all right. It's all good. I'm alive. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I think I, I've finally recovered right from that jet lag from time change and all that and and weather change let me tell you like (laughs) i come back over here and i'm like oh i guess the rain is actually finally decided to (laughs) to be here especially right when i'm not around uh but now we we are going to be getting some rain here shortly which is it's great we we need any rain we can get even if it's a really bad storm it's only going to be for one day but i know no no so wait you're not getting the rain. We're all, we've been in it since like late yesterday. It's been raining solid up here. And I'm just a few, you know, what, 60 miles north of you? Not even. So, yeah, no, it's so funny how the rain bands come in on, uh, you know, from offshore. We've been getting stormed. You know, our gutters are flooded and all that other good stuff. And Wait, you haven't gotten any rain yet? Are you serious? I haven't heard it unless it was during <laughs> two in the morning where, you know, I'm just like knocked out because I am a heavy sleeper. Then that, that could have been as well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah. So great stuff then. Uh, yeah. W- w- with that. And, you know, of course, with an episode where we talk about us being out of the playoffs officially, it's never a happy thing, especially when <sighs> it's the first time in history. Right. So I guess at, at the time yeah. being, we're still trying to figure out how we are, right? Because we've never felt this way, right? It, it's like an indescribable feeling where you don't really know how to feel. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that, that's just how I feel personally. I'm still processing right now. I mean, 
granted, I'm used to it being a Kings and a New York Jets fan, but as a Republic FC fan, this is, I mean, this is still uncharted territory. I mean, we, we've we never known a season where we weren't in the playoffs, and now we have one. It's like, what the do we do? <laughs> you know, you brought up a really good point, Jared. You know, now that we're not in the playoffs, typically, so this is going to be interesting, um, we try to root for another team, you know, another team that we could gravitate towards. And if I were to pick a team like right now to gravitate towards, if Oakland Roots makes it, of course, they've got my vote 110%. You know, we love all the guys over there and, you know, we, we, Jordan Farrell's awesome, you know, great coach, but I would almost, I'm leaning towards San Diego, you know, if Oakland doesn't make it, I'm rooting for San Diego just because of what they did for last year, how they stood up for their players when they were on the verge of making the playoffs and they stood up against, you know, racism and, um, and xenophobia and all of that. There's so I'm kind of torn. Well, we'll see what happens with Oakland. I mean, they're in a must win situation and I'm sure we'll talk about all of that down the road because Technically, you follow somebody you like, you know, when this is all said and done, you follow another team and and cheer for them, even though your heart is broken. And, you know, I've been through seasons uh, in soccer and in, you know, different sports where a team doesn't make the the playoffs and you just have to kind of tomorrow the sun will also shine. As my father always says, um, I would say that to everybody else. And I, I, I'm looking forward to the part of the podcast where we pretend we're the general manager and we're making decisions with the coach and we decide who we want to keep and who we want to either, I don't know, like find a different situation. I don't, there's only like one player that stands out that I would probably not sign again. I'm not, I, I don't know. We'll see. So. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that so much, and and we'll we'll be talking about that towards the end of the episode. So definitely continue to tune in because it's going to be a quite quite an interesting <laughs> end of this episode where we talk about that. Yeah. So when do we talk about Luis? When do we talk about the golazos of gratitude that Jared coined for our little segment? When do we when do we go there? Because I definitely think that the IKEA burger is not on golazos of gratitude. That's not there. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that one. Yeah, let, let's actually get right to it and and let's do our goals of gratitude. And uh, I'll let you guys go first, and I can go at the end. But you guys can figure okay. out who goes first. <laughs> Jared, do you want me to start with Friday since I have a little bit of a build up? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so my goals of gratitude it goes out to Betty, our our head athletic trainer, and the squad because they were amenable to a send off that we gave them at the college when they were boarding the bus to head to the airport. There was a small little group of us. There were five and, uh, and that's including Ryan, uh, Chris McManus can never pronounce her last name. And I'm so sorry. And Rosa, myself crash was there with his little dog, Teddy. Um, <laughs> it was, it was so, it was sweet. It was small. And I think it helped, you know, seeing the players and having them know that we're there behind them, but watching how they all come out and, and get on the bus in their little groups, it, it was, it was kind of sweet to, you could see who's, who's buddies with whom and who just kind of just uh, get on the bus and get it over with. But I will have to, I mean, big shout out to Mark and all the coaches for 
pausing a minute and taking photos and, you know, the hugs that we got from them, just massive galazos of gratitude for them accepting a send off from a tiny little crew, which is all we could scrape together at the last minute. And uh, that's, that's my galazo of gratitude at this point. Well, I do have some uh, galazos of, uh, of gratitude. Uh, for- First of all, I want to thank uh, Heather and ML for making the trip out here. I know that apparently they've got uh, some family out here, but it was great to see some uh, friendly faces out at the match last night. So made me feel like I wasn't the only one out there, although technically there were a few other folks uh, representing uh, Republic out there, including uh, this one woman with, with her, her kids just getting out of the food line. I just barely saw the UC Davis logo uh, on the front of her jersey, so Definitely lots of uh, glasses of gratitude for everyone, for the folks that did make it out there to the desert. And then oddly enough to some of the folks on the bus ride home, because apparently we live rent free in both their minds and their mouths by, by how they were chanting F Sacramento, F Sacramento. And, and of course they were also chanting F everyone else, but apparently we have a new place to live in Arizona. Their, their minds so thank you very much, uh, Phoenix Casuals. Well, look, look at that hospitality. Wow. G- great people there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, for my goals of gratitude, first of all, again, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I have to say it again. Thank you, Sharon, for organizing the send off. It, it was really awesome. And I know that you had done one last year as well, and it popped up on my feed when you did that so the fact that you were able to get another one through right before the season ended i think was really awesome and also thank you to everyone who went because i know it was kind of like a last minute thing right that you were organizing and i was really hoping that you would be able to get enough people to actually make it happen and i'm glad that people responded to you and that you know they 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 were there and i know the players and staff really appreciated that especially during the season where you know, we, we've had rough moments. So I, I think it was, um, it was a great thing for them. And I mean, they, they were clearly inspired. We saw it on the pitch. And unfortunately, we didn't get those three points. But I saw a better team. And, you, you know, people tend to think that those are little details. They might not really help as much. But I think when you're on the pitch, without a doubt, players realize what happened. They realize that there's people still rooting for them, despite, again, how the season hasn't been all that great. And I I think they need to be reminded of that constantly. So thank you for that. Yeah. And, you know, I also want to say a a huge shout out to the the little posse that did show up. I mean, it was so touch and go. I thought for a minute it was just going to be Crash and I, and then it was going to be Chris and her son. And then Rosa said, I got the afternoon off work. And it's like, oh my goodness, we actually have a, a, a bunch of happy faces that'll show up, you know, a handful of happy, happy faces that will show up. And it was, it was lovely. And I, my heart goes out to those folks that my friends that showed up with the whole thing. And it was so sweet. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. That was well put by the way, Luis, well put. Thank you. And also another thanks to you, Sharon, <laughs> ah! for, for taking over host duties last week and, and also Jared, right. For both of you to, for still doing that show. <laughs> uh, I know I was dead asleep. I, <laughs> I, I just, I literally just got to my room and I don't even remember how I fell asleep. I just know that next thing I knew I was sleeping already. I heard the phone ring by the time I wanted to answer it, 
<laughs> the call was done and I had to send that message because I was like, oh, I need to make sure that <laughs> I let them know what's going on. <laughs> you were face down in the mush, but we were, I was fumbling. Jared, not so much. I was fumbling with, how do I find whatever Luis always posts and puts up and how do I make it go slow speed so we can watch stuff? And it was like, Jared just pulled rabbits out of his hat left and right and just kind of kept saving, you know, the conversation <laughs> as, as I was fussing. <laughs> Way to throw us into the fire and Jared way to come right out like a phoenix. Oh, wait, no, no, we're fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't say the P word. <laughs> I know Luis is going to insert a whistle right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I just got a yellow card. I think I just got a yellow card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to start inserting that whistle more often. Uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I had a lot of fun entering those sounds, by the way. And if anyone hasn't listened to that show, I know it was from the previous game, but go check it out because it was it was hilarious. Just <laughs> adding the sounds, and <laughs> you guys laughed at one point. I added a sound, and it just sounds like you guys heard the sound. So I think that's the funniest thing. When <laughs> <laughs> well, I was finding my butt with both hands with respect to the whole, you know, situation of Jared and I, and and Jared was like, "Cool, calm, collected, Mister Cucumber," you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that was great. And one last uh, gratitude here. And this actually goes out to my flight attendant on uh, my <laughs> flight from Dallas to Sacramento. Yeah. <laughs> when I was flying back, I had to tell this story because this is really interesting and just goes to show you that, you know, if you're wearing Republic gear, someone's going to notice you, especially if you're flying back and actually going to Sacramento. <laughs> but she saw me right as I was getting ready to, um, get to my seat she gave me this like little hand sanitizing wipe saw my mask i was wearing the the quell kit mask which is really nice really comfortable by the way if anyone wants to buy it i think the best republic mask that they have to offer and she asked me if the game on the 30th was the last game and said that she wanted to take her kid to watch a game but unfortunately it didn't work out uh and and that she would actually be working on the 30th which is so sad i know uh, i i let her know right next season uh we should hopefully have a normal season hopefully starts in march and hopefully we'll you'll have more opportunities less midweek games and and all that and at the end i gave her some podcast stickers as well she was really happy about that so shout out to her thank you so much for uh, taking those stickers and for listening to the show uh, whenever you get a chance to listen to it. Really appreciate it. And it, it's cool. I mean, who would have thought that I would have met a Republic fan on my way back to Sacramento um, as one of the flight attendants and that she would point out my mask. So cool stuff. It's nice when uh, it's nice when folks recognize what the Republic is. I swear our gear is very well known throughout and and who knows that airline could have been one of the airlines that the Sac Republic themselves, the players and, you know, the staff have flown on, you know, they, they have to travel by air when they go anywhere, you know, further than uh, Monterey soon, <laughs> Oakland or um, Fresno, you know, they, they, they hop on a plane. So it could be we're gaining notoriety just for the, however many years, what is it? Seven. Yeah. I think seven years that we've been around. You know, they, they, they know us now. They, they know the gear, they know the players that, you know, it's cool. I love it. 
Oh, yeah. It's always awesome when that happens. And I can't wait for her to be able to attend a game and, and whatnot and anyone else, right? Because I, I always like to say and remind people, keep telling your friends and family to go watch a game, whether they're fans or not of the game. Like, let, let's let's get more fans out there because next season, uh, it, it's hopefully going to be a normal season. And we really didn't need to help our team out, right? Because we know how much uh, money they've probably lost within the last year, right? With all the losses that one season entailed with no fans. I mean, it's it's pretty harsh. And, and I think it's really up to us to be able to show our support by going to games, buy some merchandise whenever you can, and even concession stands too, right? I mean, it, it all really goes back to the team. And so you have to make sure that um, you, you're out there. So we can't wait for next season. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, let's go ahead and... Uh, Go with you, Jared, if you can give us more of insights on what it was like to go to Phoenix Rising Stadium for the second time, and especially being that it is a new venue for them. Can you tell us more about like differences between your first time versus this time, and then just your overall experience, uh, especially put an emphasis on that IKEA cheeseburger, please? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, getting to the stadium this time was actually a little... well. I should say overall transport to and from the uh, stadium was a little smoother this time around. Uh, thankfully, I already had uh, gotten to uh, the to the uh, pickup point in downtown Phoenix, the uh, Churchill, uh, the Churchill, uh, which is uh, kind of like a small little gathering place where they have a uh, pop up restaurant, uh, pop up restaurants, things like that. That was uh, the point where they were picking us up from the pub to pitch shuttle. Uh, thankfully, I was able to get something to eat there and uh, wait a little bit. Uh, and because it was uh, running uh, almost on time, was able to get to the uh, stadium. Uh, getting to one of the other pubs uh, for the for the poor bus driver because of how closed in the parking lot was for this bar that they were doing the second pickup from really kind of put us behind a little bit, but not too terribly behind. Uh, but once we got into the stadium, uh, there had only been like maybe a couple different changes, if that. Uh, because the tickets I had gotten from my account manager with uh, Phoenix Rising FC uh, was able to get me uh, a uh, not a discount ticket, but a ticket deal uh, through her that included uh, food and drink vouchers, which I'll go into detail here in a lo- little bit. But as far as the the environment, um, it was there were there were more people there this time around, possibly because this was uh, the next to last home game for the match. So apparently they had set a new attendance record, a new attendance record for home games. It was a little over 9,000, but I'm thinking it was just because of the tickets that were purchased because not all the seats throughout the entire game was was filled up. So I'm thinking there was just 9,000 plus tickets bought. People actually in the stands might have been maybe 7,000, maybe a little bit more. I I don't know. But then again, you also have folks in the little park area. Uh, Getting to the seat was, was pretty good. I mean, I was able to... Uh, get to, to my seats. I had bought an extra, an extra ticket, so that meant I had a free space next to me. Um, given the fact that it was not in Section 207, which is usually the away supporter fans, uh, I was actually closer to, to the field when I was in uh, Section 107. So I was just one row behind the absolute front row this time around. Uh, there was uh, a lot more uh, fervent uh, Fever uh, for the uh, the Phoenix uh, club this time around. It wasn't like a whole bunch of casuals, but uh, even after we had scored, when Phoenix had scored, yeah, there was definitely some uh, ribbing here and there by some of the surrounding Phoenix fans, but nothing too major. You know, all just just banter and everything like that. 
uh, getting out was still a little bit difficult uh, because um, I didn't even have time to uh, get down to the other side of the field to where the uh, players make their entrance and exits to uh, get my usual, you know, great games. Uh, see you next time uh, to most of the players because it was kind of crowded. So unfortunately, I only maybe shouted from a distance instead of being right there up front, actually giving high fives to the players and everything like that. So unfortunately I missed a good chunk of that, but on the, on the good side, I, I was able to get my return bus uh, unlike last time. So I was able to get on the bus now go back to the Churchill and then head my way home. And <laughs> that was where some of the uh, quote unquote fun happened because some of the same the people that uh, were on the bus to the stadium from the Churchill were also on this one. And seeing as I was up front, the rest of the folks are towards the back. About three-fourths of the trip, I hear, F Sacramento, F Sacramento. You know, only from like a, a few of the more vocal folks. But, of course, they were so upset that uh, they now didn't have a full-on home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. Best record in the league, et cetera. They were also doing the same for other teams that were getting in their way, like El Paso, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they can really keep straight who they were upset at, but it was just hilarious to me to, to hear them with, with, with our name in their mouth, in their mind, rent-free. <laughs> and, and yet some of the fans earlier on in the season saying that we were being salty over the handball last year. No, they, they were the entire salt mine on the bus. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, other, other than that, you know, we, we all got off the bus at the, uh, at the Churchill. I, I made use of the facilities before getting to the light rail and the, the bus home got home perfectly fine a little bit after uh, 12.30 or so. But uh, it's about the same, but uh, the food has definitely de- decreased. I think I probably, sh- if I was absolutely that that absolute hungry, I probably could have just gone with the carne asada fries at the stadium instead of uh, what I ended up getting. The lukewarm Ikea-style burger. <laughs> it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't even warm. It was Luke. Oh, uh, well, oh. it looked weird because everything looked like it was hermetically sealed. And it's like, who does that? That's an awful lot of packaging. Just yeah. throw the thing together and make sure the cheese is melted. <laughs> but I thought the, the way you showed it was like, yeah. who was it? Was it Jessica Link? I think she said something about um, assembling it. Oh, my gosh. She had a, yeah, she had a, what did she so, say? She said something like, you would have think they would, would have been able to assemble it as, as much as they use their hands. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. She won the internet yesterday on that comment. Oh, the shade. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, you were, that was a good one. She did good. She did good. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to talk a little bit later about, about the concession stand issues later on in the episode. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that... <laughs> I also saw that picture and I didn't even know what was going on. If I didn't read your title of cheeseburger, I would have been like, what is that? That's food. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll put, I'll put, I'll put it this way. Have you ever gone shopping at Ikea? Oh yeah. That's my go-to store. Yeah. Yeah. Then you'll pretty much be, be aware of how the furniture is set. It's I'll put it this way. They take some assembly required to another level. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they do. They do. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Right. And you never get all the parts. So, oh, you know, mm-hmm. you're lucky you got your lettuce and cheese. Anyhow, the, the, <laughs> the statement you made, though, you followed up with something about uh, you could have taken your your cheeseburger to the sauna bathroom, or I think it was, I called it the sauna, but you said it was yeah. 30 degrees warmer in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause, cause the first match I went to, it was already hot outside, but going into the bathroom, it felt like 30 degrees hotter inside. Yeah. I mean, so I that, yeah. You would have looked weird though, taking your burger into the bathroom. I mean, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, knowing you, you could have pulled it off. Uh, I, and I probably would have got, gotten a few uh, bacteria or whatever to, to go along with it. <laughs> yeah, right. And get, and get charged for it as extra toppings. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On to the next subject. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of, of the Han uh, comment, right, the, that Jessica did, which yeah, I have to say, that was, that was the comment of the night. Uh, did any of you catch the moment where uh, Solomon Asante actually got called on a on a handball. Yes, and- yes, <laughs> yes. I was right by there. Finally, yes. it's like yeah, that bounced right off his hand. We saw it. Oh man, his reaction was like priceless. <laughs> the guy was like just like all mad and screaming. Of course, this was before the they actually tied, right? But just seeing him like that, it's like oh whoa, how does it feel, right, to finally be caught, right? <laughs> that was that was a great great moment of the game i think (laughs) so Uh, are we going to talk about the match or can we just go straight to who our man of the match was you know (laughs) because at this point you know it's almost better to look forward to our final game against san diego but yeah it it was fun yeah my 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 favorite player got a goal well actually it was kind of an interesting (laughs) own goal kind of a situation or whatnot but um, you know, my favorite guy, one of my favorite guys. I have so many up AWO. I mean, oh, yeah, yep, yeah, Pete Pen- Penanen scores as well. Of another? course, <laughs> um, I'm sad he didn't get on the field. You know, I'm really sad they didn't put him on. Let's just go ahead and look at the two goals, right? To see what, what went right, what went wrong in both of them. Of course, we get the first one in the 23rd minute, and uh, what a great statement by our guys, right? To be able to actually uh, go up at phoenix which we know is really tough it's not the easiest thing to do uh, i think in the past i remember one match where i think we may have done the same right i think it was a cameron goal early on in the match if i'm not mistaken right like the third fourth minute kind of a deal so the fact that we did it here again was really good and it just goes to show our statement right that when we play against phoenix you never know what could happen right you never know what what situation could arise from that but Luis Felipe, great. As I said it before, I wanted them to do more outside shots. Uh, we know how much we've kept on pushing here on the show almost every episode. Take those shots. Like, just go for it because it doesn't matter whether it's actually going to go in the direction of goal or if you get the situation that we saw here where one of the Phoenix players ends up actually um, bumping into the ball. <laughs> And allowing us to score this really great goal by Luis Felipe. And I hope we see more shots in the future, right? I mean, we only have that one more match remaining. And we have nothing to lose, of course, right? Being out of the playoffs. So it's now their opportunity to just start shooting. 
shooting like crazy, see what what can happen from it. And, you know, next season, always know that you got to take advantage of these situations because this might happen. Well, it felt good to see shot, shot, you know, uh, some some shots. And it, it felt good to see um, Luis Felipe knowing how to send a knuckler, you know, into the into the goal that was, you know, caused to go in and it went in and it was great. It was all good. Um, I do hope we keep, well, we are getting to the GM part. Um, you know, so I saw a different team yesterday, Emil Cuello, in what nice setups he was doing with all the players, but to watch Luis just have that confidence. It's just so nice. It's so nice. Yeah. It was great to, to see this score because the entire crowd in Chandler went from 100 to zero for like what seemed two minutes after the goal. I mean, I thought it was uh, quiet during the moment of silence that they had given for the uh, former attorney general of Arizona that had recently passed earlier this morning, but it was uh-huh. even more silent after uh, Lu- uh, Luis Felipe scored this goal. I mean, with the throughout all the entire stadium, I mean, that just got all the people that were just yelling rambunctious, especially around me for Phoenix, got them silent. I mean, it, it was almost to the point where it was like the old Sprint commercials dropping the pin. That's how, <laughs> how silent it went. Yes. Well, that's nice to hear. I mean, it's nice to hear that we can get in their heads so cheaply, as you say, rent free mm-hmm. um, and have that kind of effect. Um, it's good to hear that from you. Having but you know been sitting there in the in the stands, I'm kind of hoping you got loud and you know noisy and obnoxious <laughs> when we scored and and that oh, yeah. and then the handful of other Republic fans that were there, I'm, I'm hoping you heard them as well. Um, yep, absolutely did, and, and of course I, I brought the uh, the lucky beach towel with me, so of course <laughs> that I got to wave in that for a bit. Good. I hope you didn't <laughs> knock anybody over. You said it was a large crowd. So when you start waving a towel around, you, you could easily knock somebody's hat off. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, I'm definitely mindful of that. Oh, snap. Darn. Uh, we were hoping maybe, that you did. <laughs> maybe if I got, maybe if we had gotten the second goal, eh, who knows? Oh my gosh. Would have been nice. Wouldn't it? Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Oh, should have, would have, could have. But then. Other things happen. Phoenix had a mind of their own. Yeah, well, there's no better thing than being able to celebrate a goal with an away game. And I've experienced that already myself. And it's just so great, right, to hear how silent a stadium gets and how you could be the only one standing up, celebrating while everyone looks at you like they like they hate you the most. Right. And (laughs) oh, man, there's there's no better feeling in, in our sport when. When that happens, especially when you make the trip out to an away match and, and, you know, it's like that moment, whether you win, lose or tie, whatever happens. I mean, that moment is like a priceless one when that happens. So glad you got to (laughs) experience that firsthand and experience that for a while. Right. Because I'm sure as much as it wasn't as silent as it was for those first two minutes, it must have been pretty quiet throughout the whole game until they actually managed to tie. Right. Like people must have been really nervous like oh like we lose this one and i mean technically we would have been them and there's no way they get their home field advantage for that final right because the tampa bay won in that only game they played against each other so i'm assuming that if we use that as a tiebreaker then 
you know, wouldn't have mattered if they would have <laughs> won their next game if and tied in points with Tampa Bay. I mean, they they wouldn't have been able to get the advantage. Yep, and there was definitely some saltiness about that as well. I mean, here here's a club with some of their fans that were so adamant about get it rescheduled. Let's play. We need to play it two weeks later. And then when the match finally happens, they lose two one. And I end up uh, seeing that score when I was in uh, Oklahoma City this past May. So now that they're dual uh, dual, we screwed with uh, with this recent uh, situation. Yeah, that's. Uh, I definitely let out a few a few of those uh, Skeletor cackles from He Man. <laughs> Woo! So the, let's talk about this uh, tying goal that you know we we, we got in the eighty fourth minute. Uh, before the actual free kick happens, it, it didn't seem like it was an actual foul. I mean, I don't know, Jared, from your perspective, how you saw it too, but I know Sharon and I were oh. talking about <laughs> it, and it's. It's a shame no. that they called that. I don't know why they called it. Uh, I clearly saw a dive, but it was a total yeah. dive. It was a. It was. They showed the replay. I don't know how many times, and literally nothing happened to the player. And he took two steps, and then he fell down. It was the weirdest thing. Go, yeah. I was going to say, go on to ESPN Plus, everyone, and rewatch that. The ref, I think, mm-hmm. got got sno- snookered or whatever you want to call it. Um, he wasn't snockered because that would mean drunk. So he got he got hoodwinked. There we he, go. He may have been drunk if he called that. I'm just saying he, <laughs> may, he was. <laughs> Actually, you know that the guy who was running the center, he's one of the better refs that I know of. I mean, I've watched him through the years go from you know uh, assistant referee all the way up now to you know the center ref, the referee of the, of the match, and I think he's probably one of the more fair referees. There was a couple things that he did let go. Um, but he made it really clear when the guys had done one ticky tack, two ticky tack, three. He made it really clear who had been constantly like um, fouling people, you know, and and letting the guys know. Even Phoenix letting him know, you know, you've already done one, you've done two, you've done three, one more, you're gonna get a card. And then guess who got a card? <laughs> <laughs> Santi, more. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. The what? The one that was trying to injure people with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so they get the free kick. And what I've said before, right, the story of our season where we get a goal scored on on a free kick and that does not happen. Maybe we do manage to get the win out of this game. But I feel like I've said the same thing in other matches, right? If you guys don't do that foul, if that doesn't happen, I think we could have closed out the game and get those three points or get the tie if uh, you know that that was the situation in the game and and that happened and unfortunately our favorite player Nobby gets the own goal right but I, I think you can't really blame him as much right he was trying to just clear the ball away right but it's one of those things where you he know, was you trying just, to cover. Yeah. He was trying to cover the keeper. I mean, all you're supposed to, he did what he was supposed to do. He saw the keeper going towards the, the pole, essentially, you know, he's, he saw the keeper going to the right and the defenders are supposed to come and, and cover the rest of the, of the cage, you know, essentially. And that's what they were all, they were doing it there. It was classic trying to cover the keeper. Look, you know, Carlos makes a run to the side. The rest of the guys are, are heading back to cover 
and it just bumped into him. It literally, the ball, he couldn't have done it. I mean, it's not like he did it on purpose. It was the ball came too quick and it bumped on him. So I, I really, I hope he holds his head up. Um, this is not something that you can predict. Yeah, he, he did try to flick it up and over. You're right. It wasn't just a bump, but he, <laughs> poor guy. But but earlier in the game, the dude made a run, right? Before this, yeah. didn't, or was it after this? The dude made a, a total run up field and he almost scored a goal. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, everybody? Let's Let's think about that part of it. Let's think about the game where he he was probably told by his guys, you know, hey, you've got the ball. Nobody's marking you. Keep going. And he's freaking fast. And he was screaming up the right side. And once that guy gets three steps on you, you can't catch Nubby. And so I think that was redemption. I mean, the, he like I said, he, he almost scored a goal for us. So that could have been the game winner, even though this one was the, the thing that caused the tie. I don't blame Nobby on this one. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot he could do. I mean, just short of may- maybe stopping a dime, which really with his speed is kind of impossible to do. But even if he wasn't a factor, there was already two uh, uh, two uh, red jerseys in there who could have easily just tapped it in. So really, there's there's not a whole lot that could have been done about this. It would have been a goal either way. I mean, it is definitely unfortunate that it did go off of Nobby, but, you know, there wasn't a whole lot that, that could be done about that. So I'm, I'm certainly not not upset about this. I mean, this would have been a goal regardless. I mean, that's, as much as I hate to say that. Yeah, and also if we take a look at it more closely to it, it seems like it slightly hits uh, Saldana on the knee. If, if you guys actually take a look, right? It slightly flicks. So shot comes through the Phoenix player and it slightly flicks. Saldana's knee. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah, why yeah. Nabi was never expecting the ball to even go to him, right? And that's why instinctively he sees the ball there and he's like, oh, let me clear it out. But it's, I mean, we're looking at it in like super slow motion. So, of course, this thing happened so quick that <laughs> before you know it, I mean, it ended up going in because he was not expecting that there. Nobody was, right? Because he, it wasn't even going in his direction. Yeah, but no. Yeah. And, and, and just one step backwards. Andrew was on the proper side for defending. He got on the, finally got in there and got on the inside shoulder. I think Andrew had the game of his life last night. Um, There was one little mistake he made during the game and I think he got a yellow, but other than that, I, I think Andrew played um, something to the wall. Also. I mean, he, he was on the proper side to defend, got his leg around the guy, guy got a, forced a weird angled shot, but then we know what happened. But look at, look at Andrew, look at Andrew. We're watching, for everybody's listening, we're watching Andrew's positioning. He gets there fast. You know, his, granted his attacker kind of got one step on him, but Andrew made up and he stayed on the proper side of the, of his attacker. He stayed on the goal side of the attacker. So he was on the proper shoulder side. And then he all, you know, he kind of forced the guy to make a weird, weird shot. But it went in because it did. And uh, another observation, though, and I think this may would have happened if we if we don't get the tying goal because of that. I think the referee would have called the penalty kick on us, right? Because if you guys observe, one of the Phoenix players falls. I, I would oh. not have been surprised if the referee would have called that. And <laughs> who ran? Who ran him over? Who ran it, that guy over? Can we can we zoom in on that? Because I saw that during the play. 
and it's like, oh no, don't run over the player in the box. I want to know who ran him over. So if you guys take a look at Satan Sarges, and Sarges is actually grabbing him. I, oh. I think it, it would have been, I mean, it, it was a slight grab, I know, and we would have probably been here chewing the referee out, but I think they would have mm. had an argument to call a penalty. And it's unfortunate oh. he, he needs to go back and look at this, but just don't grab a player like that in the box, especially right. in the situation. Especially Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. dives. I mean, what was it, Jared or, or who was it that was? Yeah, it was Jared. It was kind of like, yeah. I mean, that's just their nature is they, they dive. I mean, it's an opportunity that, that all, all players try to take when they're in the box. I mean, we've seen, except for, <laughs> except for Kamawasa, we've seen some of our guys try to dive, you know, to draw the, draw the call, but yeah. Yeah. Hayden, Phoenix, Hayden definitely. Phoenix got- thinks pool season is all year. So that's why they dive so much. I yeah. mean, just because we're in the desert doesn't mean you got to dive e- even in fall or winter time. Yeah. No, I mean, we can see Hayden. We can see Aiden clearly his arm around the guy and kind of spin him. And then the guy ends up falling down. But when when I was watching that live, it literally looked like a stampede. And the guy got kind of, it, it just looked like he got stampeded. You know, like when you go to, when weird things happen at a concert and somebody yells fire and there's always some guy that ends up getting, you know, nailed on the ground. This, that's what that looked like for a second, you know, during the game. It's like, oh, Stampede, he got run over. But then again, now that we're seeing it in slow-mo, it was, he was pulled down. Yeah, just reminiscent of Next Door at Rawhide, whenever they have those electronic music festivals. Uh, being an outdoor festival, I'm sure there's probably been a few folks that have been stampeded out there. Anywho, the, that's the, how the game ended. You know, um, I... There's a couple of players that in my mind would deserve man of the match. Um, you know, of course, always Luis and AWO. And I love the effort that Cameron put in and, and Emil. I mean, I thought all those things were such wonderful positives. And then, you know, Jordan holding it down and Shannon holding it down and, you know, guys playing their hearts out. Uh, Jaime, I mean, you could really tell, the you know that what they all brought they they brought it all and Carlos Saldana in the back I mean it was it was pretty sweet it was a it was it it was sweet to watch them trying to play as a whole unit it's almost as though they were listening to the coach you know on how to play this time and they should have done um, Malik a little sooner I think Malik could have come in a little bit yeah. sooner because he almost had a goal for us too because he's so fast. Um, would have loved to have seen him come just a wee bit sooner, but you know, they were throwing the kitchen sink. The coach was, was trying to get it done with the guys that started the match. Cause he was feeling good about how they were playing together. Um, but I, I, I think if anybody could have come in a little sooner, it would have been Malik. Oh yeah. You, you know how I feel about the subs and I have <laughs> to say it again. It's just, I'm sorry, coach, but <laughs> I, I know we were winning right in this match. And I usually I complain about, you know what we're losing come on just do the subs and all that but you shouldn't wait to do your first sub until the last 10 minutes no matter what the situation the match is and yeah i'm with you sharon i kept asking for malik i was like we need malik this guy is fast right now you need speed and (laughs) the fact that he waited until after we get scored on is like that's too late at that point right because we know how we're like when they get scored on Although 
you've always claimed, this is the other part of that coin, you've always claimed that the minute we get scored on, that we should have a sub in there, you know, especially if it's in the second half. So we hadn't been scored on, you know, we had not been scored on with the guys that we had. So then once we did get scored on, he subbed them, you know, he had some subs go in. So, you know, I know you like seeing earlier subs, but there was no, we didn't get scored on until later. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so have, I just, I just think you need to do more practice. Going. <laughs> I just think he needs to be more proactive about it too, right? So in the situation where, where you're winning, don't especially see when you're playing against a team like Phoenix, we, we know how they are. We, we know they had more opportunities. The second half was basically theirs. I think the first half, you can make an argument that we had uh, more opportunities. I, I, I saw a better gameplay. And so he needed to at least have done one sub, right? I'm not asking him to do all the subs <laughs> before the goal came through but i wanted to see at least one around the 70th to the 80th minute and especially having a player like malik foster who you know is going to give you a lot of speed and as much as you know you have players and you want them to play most of the game uh, i think you really need a lot of that speed when you're playing in phoenix right all they have a lot of fast players and if all we were going to do was just counterattack, then we needed malik to be there because like you said right we saw him do a really good play when he got subbed in, I mean, we were so close to actually seeing us actually make a crazy comeback out of nowhere. And yep. I, I can't imagine what would have happened if you sub him in in the 70th, maybe even the 75th minute, what else he could have brought to the table uh, during that time. And now we'll never know, but that's why you got to do these things beforehand, right? I'd love to see Malik stay with us. I, I, I would yes. love to see him stay with us. And I still want Cam. When do we get to talk about being a GM? <laughs> when do we uh, get to that part? We'll get to actually right now. Let's just give our men of the match first and see who, who y'all got for, for that. Okay. So, Luis, who do you think Jared named as his men of the match? And then I'll, I'll put my guess in and then Jared tells us. Okay. I think he named Luis Felipe as men of the match. Okay. I think he named Carlos. The keeper. She got it right. She got it right. I did? Yeah. Oh. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, with with this, how uh, challenged he was was getting by Phoenix's line, I mean, he he never faltered. I mean, he was just making save after save after save. I mean, the only way Phoenix would win is, is because we gave them a charity goal. I mean, that, that, that's how, that's how it, it was. I mean, he did not let anything in from Phoenix. We, it just so happened that a ball bounced off of Nabi and that's the only way they could even stay in the match. That that's how, how big of a wall he is that uh, this, this, this game. There you go. Um, all right. Now, Jared, you and I have to guess uh, Luis Urbano's man of the match. Okay. So I'm going to guess Carlos. For Luis as well. Mm, for, for him, I'm going to say maybe uh, Emil Coelho. So it is actually Carlos Saldana. Uh, the, the, the guy um, had an amazing performance. Uh, I mean, at least like three saves that were so critical, especially in the minute that he did them. And even at the end of the match, right, he had a really good save, which <laughs> we could have had you know, a loss happened in this match. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see this guy as our goalkeeper. And 
I kind of feel sad for Rafa Diaz, right? Because he was a fan favorite. He was my first pick yeah. throughout the season. But then this guy came through and he's had just some crazy saves and and whatnot. And I really hope that we maintain this guy for next season. Uh, I, like- I know we we didn't buy him, right? He was just like, if I'm not mistaken, he was like a free agent. He was kind of uh, like a walk-on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's great that they decided to actually get him, right? Because initially i'm sure their view was like let's just have a backup goalkeeper right should rafa get injured again because you know tomas is out and he's become more than just that and it's just really nice mm-hmm. when you see those stories right a player that just came through just to uh, be there if if he was needed and you know when he was given that chance he he proved coach that he could be there in the starting 11 and it's like now it seems like he's won it he just has to close out the season with another good performance and I'm pretty certain I think that the team is going to keep him around and that we're going to see him as our starting 11 uh, goalkeeper for next season. So, okay, mm-hmm. I still have my man of the match. Come on, you guys have to guess. Okay, uh, I'm going to guess AWO. And I'm going to guess Carlos. <laughs> it's so funny because you skipped over my number one. My number one is always going to be Luis Felipe. <laughs> But my number oh. two was AWO, of course, even though I'm I'm high on him almost always. And my third, just if we had to go to three, was Carlos, of course. You know, Car- I, I knew you guys are going to pick Carlos for some reason, ungodly reason. So I had to give the goal scorer, Luis Felipe, who has massive confidence. Plus, as he got on the bus, and I don't know if he understood a word I said, <laughs> I said, you know, I think you... I, you see the game faster than everybody else. And he's like, uh-huh, I know. And it's like, no, no, no. We say this on the podcast all the time. And he's like, uh-huh. And it's like, did he understand that this is really, <laughs> we've been talking about him and how how he sees the game quickly. And we need that as some in some as someone in his position. And it was like, he was kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm getting on the bus. <laughs> It was, it was funny. So yeah, so I'm always going to probably gravitate his way. AWO, Emil, Cam, um, but Carlos so deserved man of the match from us. He earned his keep. We could see the saves. They did replays for us on the saves that he made. It just amazing. And the confidence that he has, I think he deflected one shot and pounced on it right away. Um, early, early or midway through the match. And it was, it was like, like, dude, he got it. You know, it's like, sometimes you worry a little bit about how quick their recovery is once they've done a deflection. And if it deflected like close to the goal and close to the attacker coming in and he, he recovered quickly enough to get the ball. And that sometimes doesn't happen that quickly. So he did a, he did the hard, he made the hard stuff look easy and that's what a good keeper does. He makes the hard stuff look easy, and he did that. I will say one thing that was out of sorts for some reason. Luis Felipe actually completed the game without getting awarded another yellow rose. <laughs> oh. No yellow rose this match. The refs are he, sleeping. <laughs> he almost got one. He, he almost got one, but then AWO ended up with it, and I was like, Phew! And Jordan McCrary got one. Yeah. And I was freaking out because I thought he was going to get the second, but then they gave it to AWO. It was like, okay, good. My life is happy. You know, Nabi got a, Nabi also got a yellow. The 
yellow. Sorry, excuse me. You can bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yes. What nubby? Ugh, grr. Good observation, Jared. Yeah, that's true. I'm glad that he didn't add one more to Atali. I mean, at this point, he's like the he's the player with the most yellow cards in the league. No one could take that away from him. Not the best of titles, (laughs) but I'm just saying we we got a number one. (laughs) Our dollar general man of the season with as much yellow (laughs) as there is. (laughs) But you know what? We we but you know what, Luis Felipe, we love you. That, That. you may have the most yellow cards in the league, but that just shows you cannot be taken lightly. You go in there, you destroy the people. You get in there where others may be a little hesitant. So I I am mad at you. Keep keep it up. Preferably right? with less yellow cards, but keep fighting. Keep fighting. Well, so speaking of yellow, he was the best buy of the season, right? So <laughs> best buy. <Pretty> much. <laughs> was he? Is he a washer or a dryer or a refrigerator? When you talk about Best Buy, oh, I'm sorry, you're talking the best deal. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking both. <laughs> I think he was both the washer and the dryer. I mean, if we look at all the players, uh, we had a lot of great things to say about him, and so yeah, he was he was the full deal, right? Washer, dryer. He was the appliance. He was the whole appliance package, right? He was the. <laughs> The refrigerator, the stove, the microwave, <laughs> the dishwasher, the uh, washer and the dryer, and uh, and a fancy range hood. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now we understand the yellow cards. That all makes sense now. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead then and move on over to the segment that I know, Sharon, you're really looking forward to. People are probably also really wanting to hear what we have to say. And l- let me just give the quick disclaimer that... Um, so all the players, if anyone listens, uh, coach, uh, anyone there, please don't take anything that we're about to say personally, right? These are just things that we've observed. Nothing against you, right? We all think all of our players this season, luckily Mitch isn't around anymore, <laughs> are amazing. That uh, They've been really great with us anytime we've tried to talk to them. And we're really happy we've got to meet uh, pretty much almost everyone at that Meet the Team event. So yeah, let me just say that before anyone says anything. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about what we would do as the GM of Sacramento Republic, especially now that we know that we're out of the playoffs, just one more game next Saturday against the Loyal at 7.30. What, what would we do? What kind of movements? Who stays? Who leaves? Uh, what, what do you guys think? Uh, and let's first go to you, Sharon. I, I know you're probably already all ready for this. So... I want consistency from this season to next season. And, you know, we got rid of so many players from 2020 to 2021 that I think team chemistry had a little bit of a screw up. I, you know, I'm, I'm not certain that the locker room was sorted out, but I think if, if, if the players all know, and it's really clear and the contract, um, you know, if, uh, if, they, if they exercise the options and everybody agrees, I would like to see pretty much the core of everybody stay. I mean, I love Dan Casey in the back. I think he's awesome. I, I like Carlos as the keeper. You know, I, I probably would send Patrick Way back to, you know, Minnesota. I think we've got enough firepower if we keep Malik and Cameron and Derek. You know, I, I think we've got a really good core. I love Jaime, what he brings to the table, lets everybody stay fit over the offseason. Duke has been solid. 
I've enjoyed watching Pete Penninen. Pete Penninen runs a lot like Drew does. Pete has a deep tank. Pete's a runner. He's a, he's got a, a great athleticism about him. He also sees the game pretty quickly. And I watched the way he plays um, left side, right side, middle, left side, right side, middle. And he finds those pockets, you know, and I want to see more of him. He got injured at the wrong time this season. Dang it. And I wanted to see more of Pete because I think, I think he's got, I think he's got something. I think he's real special. Um, I think he's seasoned. And you need some seasoned guys. Um, AWO, I don't know what he's got left in our in the tank. I love him. I thought he played nails this these last few games that he's been healthy. Um, I'd love to see a way we could keep Nabi, but that's going to be a tough one with Minnesota probably wanting him more so next season. It'd be really, you know, people are bagging on having loans, but that's just the nature of the game. That happens in the English Premier League. It happens everywhere. You get players loaned here and there. Um, but, you know, there's very few players that I would want to say goodbye to. Um, yeah. You know, I would tell I would tell the young guys, the academy, you know, the, the guys that have come through the academy, I would tell them to work on their um, work on their bulk, work on their, you know, just work on some things that that you see that some of the more experienced players have and be patient. Um, love Jordan. I mean, it's kind of like, don't, why let go of a product that if you could coach them, but if they are more receptive to the coaching and to the system, why get rid of something that we have to start to fall in love with the next group again? I mean, just when you know what everybody brings to the table and then you get rid of them, I don't know. It, it's I, I hate end of season, beginning of I hate this time. And that's why it's like there's so few that I would get rid of. What about you guys? What about you, Jared? Yeah, I know with the fact that now we, we're uh, not going to be in the playoffs, that just means the usual annual fire sale yeah, can begin sooner than, than normal. I mean, I would definitely love to, to keep the, the majority of the core. I mean, there's there are players that, that I'm really – not going to be too uh, too happy with it if they end up getting sent off. Uh, of course, I, I certainly would like to, get to keep a, a meal. Anything to get rid of uh, Mitchell Tainer. I mean, get him off the, the roster officially. But I mean, I, I like this core of players. I, I mean, there may there may be some that who knows how long we will have left as far as you know what they've got in the tank. I mean, it's 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 really going to be a wait and see. I mean, it it always is. I mean, there's hardly anybody I'm not going to miss from here. I mean, there's going to be a a lot of good players here. It just really depends on what they've proven across the year. If they're going to be staying around. And then of course, like you said, you've got the loan uh, situation that we have with a few players, which ones to keep, which ones to send back. Needless to say, I hate this time of year. I mean, I really do because we know the nature of, the second tier soccer, we're not going to have the same folks, uh, or at least the, some folks are going to be here. Others won't. <sighs> yeah, I'm not looking. I am not looking forward to this. You know, and, and speaking of the loans, um, you know, in all fairness, I think Jerome looked good for a little while, but I would pick Malik over Jerome. They're two different style of play, and I love Malik. I love a runner. Um, who also has ball skills. And I, I think if I had to pick, if somebody said, who, do, who would you rather have, Malik or Jerome? It's like, Malik, I think his heart is here. 
I yeah. think wherever he lands, he has shown that his heart is where he is right now. Um, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> and you, what about you, my dear? I know what you're going to say and it's going to, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I also know that we haven't seen Fatih Lache, so I think he's probably moved on as well. So <laughs> that makes the decision-making a whole lot easier. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I am actually going to start also by saying like you guys uh, mentioned that uh, I am a big fan of consistency, right? Like let's have more of these players next season because we, we don't want to run into a similar situation that we did at the beginning of the season where we were still trying to figure out what that starting 11 was going to look like and coach had experiment a couple and yeah, let, let's try to move away from that. And so to make things easier, I'm going to give the names of the people who I think should be on their way out and everyone else consider yourself still on the team. Uh, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and how's that conversation going to go when you talk to him face to face, general manager and head coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be awkward that, that, that is going to be yeah i'll have to try and formulate it in the best way possible again this is just my opinion this is just from my observations and and i don't mean to bag on anyone right because everyone is really amazing uh except one individual who i'm just going to start out naming to because you know i really want to start naming this guy mitch tainer we want him out please don't ever come back to sacramento uh, we'll give it to San Antonio for free. I'll just say it that way. We'll get rid of our contract and <laughs> we'll give it to them for free. You guys don't even have to pay for him. Take him, right? <laughs> uh, so Luis, Luis has four letters for Mitch. G-T-F-O. <laughs> <laughs> basically, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's basically how, how that goes. My next one would be Fataya Lash. And I know you mentioned it, Sharon, right now that he might already be on his way out or he may have already been out yeah. for a while now since we have not heard anything about him or what, what has gone on. But uh, my mention of him actually being let go is not just because we haven't seen him, right? Because for all we know, right, he could be injured or, or whatnot. They just didn't really mention it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mention is because yeah. the very few that we saw of him, if you guys recall, there was that one game where he got that red card and it was in a really dumb fashion, right? Because he started a fight. He had a basically a jail foul, if you guys can recall, right? I mean, he, if I remember correctly, he kicked one of our opponent's players on the head, right? And it would have been really bad. Uh, fortunately for him, it wasn't. But when you just see those things, you just know that the player isn't there a hundred percent and you don't want someone on your team that is going to do those crazy fouls and not just going to get get you to have a red card in the game and potentially make you lose the match but it, it just makes you look bad right when you have a player like that for your brand i mean it, it just gets to stab a reputation where you know people start to think that we have players that are really that dirty that they almost got to watch out <laughs> and so you know what once that happened and i don't know if maybe that was related to why we didn't see him ever again but it could have been because strangely enough i mean shortly after that happened we didn't really hear much of him or what would actually be happening so that that's the one i'm going with there uh next guy and oh you guys are going to be really mad at me for this one but carlton belmar 
I think he's had he's had some time already with us, and I know he was a really good player in the previous teams that he was with, but with us, it just doesn't seem like he's been able to really jail well, uh, as at least as well as he did with other squads in the past. And uh, I, I wish I would say that I would give him another season, but I just feel at this point he's had already some time and he just hasn't been able to really be the Belmar that we saw in, in the past. So even last season, um, I, I, not that I agree with you, but last season, everybody was really high on KB. If you remember, you know, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, there was a lot of, um, he was bringing a lot of goodness to the table last season. And uh, yeah, I understand the part about gelling and I love KB. Oh my God. What a good person. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. Like I mentioned, like nothing personal here for, for people on my list too, but it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, he, he was brought to us as a goal scorer, as a a really top goal scorer, as we know. Right. But when things just don't work out for him, I think it just doesn't. And, I think if he moves on to another team, it might work out best for him. And it's not just, so it's not so much that he himself didn't work out. I think it's just maybe the team chemistry, right? Just wasn't there. And it could be a formation thing. I'm not sure, but I think he is a really good player. It's just in Sacramento, it just doesn't work out, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, Jared and I aren't touching that one. It's kind of like a, it's going to the next. Who's your next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Jerome is my next. next. I, I know he's on. <laughs> he's on loan, uh, and so in all likelihood, he's probably going to go back to Tulsa. Please take him back Tulsa. And I know Sharon. We talked about it before, right? The guy falls, and he takes a while to like just come back up and just continue on with the game. And we, we don't need players that aren't going to be moving the game quick, especially when you're down in the scoreline. And I just, I just haven't really seen much of him really this season. Uh, I know he had an interesting background with other clubs, even a, a brief spell with some youth national teams as well. But I, I, I don't really see we much kinda, of him. Yeah, and we kind of got him almost like on an emergency when Tucker Bone went out and we mm-hmm. had another striker go out. We, yeah. we, it's like an emergency. We needed, we needed help, and and then. And then somebody came back, or then we also got Malik. I don't remember how the whole thing went. No, Malik got healthy. That's what it was. Um, um, and so, yeah, it was kind of weird. We had to grab him suddenly, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And this next pick, I don't want to sell him, but I actually want to loan him out. And especially if you could do a short-term loan, do like a six-month loan kind of a thing, I would actually loan out Julian Chavez if coach is not planning on giving him the playing time that he deserves, right? Because the guy has a lot of great qualities. We saw him score what I still dub as the best goal in Republic history. And the Vegas goal. Yeah. <laughs> and and if he's not going to give him enough playing time, then give the guy a chance to play with another team for six months. And heck, if they want to do the same with other Academy players, then go for it because I want to see them get more playing time that they really need it, right? And if you do a short-term loan where they're just going to come back and no option to purchase at the end of the season or at the end of six months, then then go for it, right? We have nothing to lose. They get their playing time. 
and and all, all is good. So I, I hope that we see that if if coach is not planning on giving him more playing time uh, because he it's unfortunate, but you could see the guy really wants to play. And I had just a brief chance to talk to him uh, at the event that we went to. And, you know, he he seems a, a bit down, right? Because he knows that he, he's got the talent to be able to make it to the starting 11. But if you don't get plenty of opportunities, then, you know, it's just it's just demotivating. So we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. Um, next guy. And I have to say, I'm reading off this list based on jersey number right otherwise this guy would have probably been number one or not maybe not number one, number two in my list but patrick Ware, please give him back <laughs> to minnesota <laughs> i don't care if the loan was free i don't care if that was but just give him back i'd much rather you put one of our academy players as a forward or or just get another forward from somewhere else but this guy clearly is not working out there was a reason why Minnesota loaned him out. And if it was a free loan, then now I understand everything. So yeah, enough said with them there. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so that, that basically completes my list. I want to see everyone else who I didn't mention uh, still be around because they have the experience already with us this season. And we need to be as experienced as possible. I think if I had to mention an, <laughs> an honorable mention, that would have been probably Tomas Gomez, right? Banana hands, as as we know, uh, Sharon calls him. <laughs> um, but I, I'm kind of on the fence with him, right? Because he he did have the experience of playing with us already. And if one goalkeeper goes down, you always want to make sure that you have uh, another goalkeeper there who could be a good backup in the bench. So I, I think, you know, I, I probably would keep him just for that reason that we never know what could happen. So, Well, interesting list that we all have um, an an interesting perspective. I mean, this was fun playing general general manager for a wee bit. Um, So let's talk about the coaching staff. I mean, I'm good with Matt staying as the head goalkeeper coach. Um, He's, he's great. Um, As far as Mark Briggs, he has a good track record prior you know, and, and pandemic, you can't really judge a guy through the pandemic because it was like weird. Um, and this season, he, you know, there were just too many injuries and too many changes and too much disruption for, for this season for him to really, I mean, I'm not making excuses for him, but just watching from the outside perspective, there was just too much. I mean, like right when we were relying on Tucker bone and the system being built around certain players, boom, he's gone. You know, just when we were getting high on, on Jaime doing something, all of a sudden, boom, his knee is screwed up. It's like, dang it. And, you know, we just get these weird niggly injuries throughout the whole season that you just like, as a coach, what can you really do when you're constantly throwing curveballs and then you're bringing in guys you know, new guys and it's fine. Or Malik gets better and now he's in, now he's playing the runner. You know, he was kind of put into Tucker Bones role in a way. And so, so what, you know, what, what happens next? So is it a coach thing? Is it a player thing? Is it a combination? Do we kind of let's unfold it for next season? I don't think we get rid of the coach. Honestly, I I don't think that's a thing. So I I just want to see more wins next year and I think if you let the guys gel it might turn out okay mm-hmm. yeah I would agree this uh, these past couple of years have, have been uh 
definitely wonky uh, for uh, lack of a better term, I mean, especially this year. I mean, with all the injuries that we've had, uh, really, you can't blame the coach for for injuries. And like, and I'm not making excuses either. But I mean, this is definitely not a usual year. Had this happened in in 2019, maybe we might start uh, wondering about about the coach. But I I can't this year. I mean just too many things have happened that are beyond uh, Mark Briggs uh, control. I mean, if we kept our guys completely healthy, you know, that, that could be a different, that could have been a different result. I mean, we wouldn't have had as many ties, but I, I think I, I'd like to keep uh, Briggs on for one more year at least. So, so I would also add on to you guys too, uh, that I would keep coach Briggs one more season and not just judged by the season though, because if I was judging by the season, then, I would probably say, let's give someone else an opportunity. But last year during the pandemic and how difficult of a year it was, the guys still managed to pull through and and have a really great team that really gelled well together. And that's why I, I was a little disappointing at the end of the season that we got let go of so many guys, right? Because we had a system in place. They were playing really well and they managed to do good, even though there was no people watching them <laughs> in the stands. And so... It's unfortunate that he had this drop, but I, I know he's actually proven to us that he can be a good coach and he's really passionate at all that he does, right? We, we all see it. We've seen the videos of him on the pitch. And if you go to a game, you hear him nonstop. You see him, all that. And I really appreciate that from a coach where you see a coach that is really involved in the game, uh, really doing all that right as as a fan especially as a fan like myself who is <laughs> out there and is really getting really intense right when the, those situations happen in the match uh, you really like when the coach can actually also have that and uh, it, it helps drive other fans to also feel the same way and it, it, it's a really great thing especially because we could look at past coaches and nothing against them but i, I never saw other coaches that were so into the game that were so loud like that. I mean, maybe maybe Perky. I know Sharon, you saw more of him yeah. and, and all that. But I think the other ones, again, I don't mean to bag on them, but they just weren't as alive, right, as Coach Briggs and Perky were. And I, I like when coaches are like that. So that's why I, I would keep him around one more season. If he doesn't do as good next season, then we might have a different conversation at the end of the season. <laughs> You know, and I think a lot of things rely on uh, communication. Um, and you notice who the shift, the the captaincy shifted over the season from this player to that player. To the, now it's it's Duke Lacroix. And I personally asked Duke, I said, are you open to having the players come to you if they need to figure out how to establish communications with coach or, you know, run something past you? And he says, absolutely. So whether that's happening, we don't know. Um, I mean, somebody I would ask that question of is Adam Moffitt. Oh, I'd love to get him back on our podcast and ask mm-hmm. him strictly some questions about captaincy and to ask him what he is seeing with respect to our squad and the captain and the coach and the communication relationship. If I could be a fly on the wall during training and after training sessions to see how those conversations go, you know, because like I said, communication on a team is so critical in forming that gel. And, you know, when, when you, when you see clicks forming, it's kind of like, you got to break them up 
and you got to get the guys to avoid the click, you know, so you, the Academy guys are kind of like a click as I can see, you know, it's, it's just the way it is, but it's, it's like there needs to be a little bit more and a little more communication. And the coach has to be that person that, I mean, it's like he's got what, 25 employees that he's overseeing, you know, and he's got helpers to help oversee that. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I say you keep Carlos in there and I think he's a little bit more vocal. Um, and I think he can be help be that fabric to, that creates that nice communication and that nice um, inner in, you know, that inner web thing where the guys know each other so well and they know the coach and, you know, it's that camaraderie thing, you know, they, they have some of it and I'm sure they do when they're on their away trips and, but I, I just want to see more. I want to see more. So that would be one thing I would tell coach work on that, get that going and show us, let the cameras come in and show us how the guys are, you know, gelling together off the pitch. And the cat hasn't come in to verify or validate me on this one, but I think that's one of the keys. <laughs> Usually I was just that, looking. That <laughs> that's about right. Right about now is when the cat comes in and <laughs> it starts the yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no appearances yet from Keisha. I think I'm a lucky girl at this point. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what what happens with Coach at the end of the season. I mean, I know there's a lot of pressure surrounding right a lot of people that really want him out and i mean it's it's sad when you hear those things right because we know that this is kind of how it goes right as we all know with just any team out there people want a coach out the moment you start to lose a couple of games and and worst of all right if you don't make playoffs in in one season especially when you've always made the playoffs in, in history these things go on, and I hope I'm wrong, but I have a feeling that the team is actually going to end up uh, looking for a new coach and maybe even looking for a lot of new players. And we might see just what we saw at the beginning of the season, right, where we saw some players that we got really close to, right, that we were like, yeah, this guy is great. I think he could do really great next season. And then we get shocked, and, and that happens, and... I hope I'm wrong. Let me just make one mention, though, <laughs> before we end the segment of one guy that I do want to see return to the team and why I think there might be a chance, right? And I'm actually going to start a whole campaign around this and, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what happens, what gets picked up. <laughs> and I already have a hashtag ready for it. He knows it as well. And I know a lot of you would be really happy to see him back. And that is our good old, Bill and BJF being able to return to the team. <laughs> and I, I was actually speaking with him and he's actually going to be a free agent. And OKC is actually now out of the playoffs officially after the tie from FC Tulsa last yeah. night. And so I don't know if he's going to be back there, right? But he does end his contract. And so let me just say, hashtag bring back BJF. Is going to be a thing here soon. Once I get this podcast posted and, and all that, you're going to see me try to hashtag that often as often as I can, because the guy's going to be a free agent. And if the team is listening, if anyone on the team is listening, y'all already know that it's not just going to be myself, right? Or Jared, Sharon, a lot of people are going to be really happy if you bring back BJ, because this guy brought a lot to the table for us. And if you could keep 
a lot of the players that were in this season and just add Bijev. I mean, a couple others I know they're probably going to add as well because it's always good to have backup. But if you add Bijev, he would bring so much to the squad. I'm just saying, please do that. It would be really great. And I, I think that the team can afford him. If OKC could afford Bijev, I think there's no excuse on our side because OKC does not have any backing from an MLS team, right? And they're not a team that directly is linked to one, right? Like other teams that have some of those connections and some of the capital might be coming through that way. So I think there's money there too. It's just, you know, getting whoever's our coach, whether it's Coach Briggs or another coach on board with, hey, this guy was great. It wouldn't be the first time that we have second parts to any player, right? Because we've had plenty of players that leave and then come back. So there's your chance, Sacramento. I'm just saying. So that thought, one has to ask how Villian would fit back in if we want to keep the core of all the guys that are here. Who does he replace? Derek? Um, Emil, um, I think Emil dishes the ball out more frequently and faster than Villian did. Villian's kind of a one man army, if you think about it. You know, it's he's the guy that you feed the ball to in the attacking third to score the goal. Um, he's sometimes he dishes the ball and allows somebody else to try to score, but he's that he's a different kind of, he's different put it that way. And, and so my question would be from Mark Briggs, how does the chemistry work that way? You know, and, and what tinkering do you need to do with chemistry to bring him back or chemistry to not bring him back? You know, how is the current chemistry versus a future chemistry? How does that align and a system of play, how did that work? So all those things are going through my head when you were saying all of that. Yeah, so it's interesting. So, you know, as far as chemistry goes, that's a tough, you know, that's always such a, an interesting part of a squad when you bring back a star. We saw that with Roro, and there must have been something interesting chemistry-wise that caused the situation to deteriorate. And I have no idea what happened. You know, I know nobody was happy. Um, we weren't happy. He wasn't, Roro wasn't happy. Coach wasn't happy, but why? And, you know, so that's, that's the, that's the thing I would want to know is how do you deal with the chemistry of a, of a star that comes back? And I think in all likelihood, Emil Coelho might not come back. Right. I hope I'm <laughs> wrong. But w- when you have a loan, when, Maybe San Antonio's, I'm sure they've been observing him, right? Like, I, I think it's a no-brainer for them to be like, yeah, we're, we're calling back our player. And unfortunately, we get the other guy. But again, hopefully they keep him. And so I, I think that that happens. And if that happens, then I think BJ would fit in great in that position, right? And so, yeah. What are your thoughts, dude? Yeah, I, that's definitely going to be a situation like that. I mean, we, we saw what happened when Roro uh, came back. Um, I mean, having to fit in with uh, different folks, having to gel, uh, re-gel with, with the rest of the team. And, of course, any uh, previous issues that would have seen him uh, leave uh, previously. So, yeah, I mean, that 
there's that's definitely going to be part of if we do bring Bijev back, you know, re- resolving any previous differences, getting back with some of the older players, trying to uh, form chemistry with the new players, it's, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, it's not just a simple, hey, welcome back. You know, let's pick up where we left off. It's, it's, it's not going to be anything like that. Yeah, hopefully they can put behind whatever situation they had, right? Because they can't deny that Bijev actually did a lot of great things with OKC in such a short amount of time as well, right? So... The, I mean, the performance is there. So I, I think for the team, it'd be a no-brainer to say, let's get this guy back. He's still, you know, in his top game and he could really give a lot to the squad. And not just that, right? But a lot of fans like him already. He's not going to try to win the fans over already. And I mean, who doesn't want a guy who was a fan favorite to come back to your team and who can really make a big difference as well? So. And for all we know, we might see other comebacks. You never know, right? There might be other players that they they might might return. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing with with the yearly fire sale uh, fire sale transactions that we have. I mean, we're anxious to see who we're going to pick up, who we're going to let go. I mean, we we go through this every year. I mean, we it's I mean it's an inevitable pain. I mean, to see so-and-so is uh, departing or going to another team, and then we just basically lose our brown butter. Then we see who we're picking up. Okay, well, let's see what they can do. Or that the rare instance that we pick up a fairly big name, oh, it's going to go off this upcoming season. But, I mean, really, it's just a roll of the dice whenever we have these fire sale uh, transactions this offseason. So if if we get Bijev back, I mean, obviously that's going to be a big boost in our favor, but we'll just have to see what happens. I mean, that all starts a little earlier now since we're not in the playoffs, but, you know, all we can do is watch. You know, the only thing I ask for them, you know, whoever, regardless whoever goes, whoever arrives and all that, is that at the beginning of the season, we have our full team. Please try to limit how many like new transfers you get midway through the season uh, and all that because it's better to already have a team that could be gelled well at the beginning, right? With the preseason, with the first couple of games, then midseason, oh, we got another player. Oh, we got this other guy, right? And I understand sometimes with injuries, those things can happen. But I think if you have a solid team already, then you could avoid those. And I, I think there is no reason, and maybe Sharon, you could, uh, uh, <laughs> you could stop me right here. But I think there is no reason for any team not to already have your full squad at the beginning, contracts negotiated, all that in place, so that way you don't have to be doing a signing midway through the season and then screw a system already or try to build a system because now you got these other players that just came through and they need to be. Uh, accustomed to Sacramento to new weather potentially and all that so yeah some of our guys if you remember we had to pick them up because of injury you know we had to get some uh, late subs and um, you know like when Tucker Bone went out and and Tomas Gomez and you know fortuitously that's how we got Carlos essentially Um, but if you think about the major injuries that our our team has suffered and and then Malik we had him in the beginning and just he ended up being getting injured early on. And so when he, when he was actually fit to play, we saw, you know, an, an incredible, you know, bloom of, uh, you know, blossoming of this, 
what his skills could offer. So it's, 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 you're, you're, it's never ever set in stone in the very beginning because sometimes it takes, um, it takes some preseason to kind of weed stuff out in some early games. And then you might see something you don't like. And so you may have to jettison a player early. Um, and I don't know if that's what happened with Fatai. Um, and, and so there's always, there's always a little nibbling around the edges. We had our core. I mean, when we started the season, we had the core. We had Pete Pennon, we had Luis Felipe, we had um, Dan K. I mean, we had our core set of guys, but then we had injuries and we had to get rid of some guys. And it, you just never know what's going to happen during the season. So it's, we, we had a core. We did. We did. We had a core. Yeah, and hopefully he stays. Although, I think Derek, I think is one of those players right now who I wouldn't be surprised if we see him departure, right? Because he's been with us a couple of years, and I could see the guy maybe trying to go back to his uh, home country and try to, you know, make it big with, with the team down there. And you know, rightfully so, I think he's yeah. done, he's done pretty good with us. And so if he does that, then we are going to be really sad, but. You know, as with any player, I think that decides to departure on their own terms, right? Because they want to seek maybe like another different league and try out different waters. Then, you know, we're going to be happy for them. And and as we always say, right, we're going to be rooting for any of our former players. Um, unless your name is Mitch Tainer, uh, we're going to be <laughs> we're going to be rooting for them, right? Wherever they go and and hope that they they get to be as great and if not even greater than they were with us so yep that's all that goes all right well let's go ahead and move on to our very last segment here uh we don't know what he's gonna say quite yet he actually hasn't told us but he told us that he had this in minority for a good while so can't wait to hear what you have to say jared go go for it give us your usl unsolved mystery for today And I will say you might want to keep your finger handy on, on the uh, the bleeps uh, <laughs> just in case. Sounds good. They're, they're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, some folks may have already seen what, what I'm talking about, but uh, I'm sure the majority of our listeners may not have uh, had, a, had a clue on this. Well, yesterday uh, with my tickets, I got a um, voucher for food and drink uh, from the uh, concession stands, and I, th- I think uh, ha- Heather Heather Sims was was looking for the uh, food as well. Hopefully, she avoided it. But uh, I decided to, when I used my first voucher at the Phoenix Rising FC Stadium to get a burger. Now, most places, I mean, even maybe even the uh, gas stations, most places will have it one hot or at least somewhat warm under heat lamps and two the toppings will already be pre-assembled for you i mean this is the case for mcdonald's burger king whataburger the habit any place you can think of they're already going to put the lettuce tomatoes onions on your burger as well as cheese but what i experienced is this i went to go and turn in my my voucher for the burger they hand me the burger which was room temperature, not not even halfway warm. And then they gave me the slice of cheese in, in a wrapper on top of the burger. So I, I go to uh, 
I, I figure, okay, maybe it's a fluke. Maybe it's because I'm wearing my Republic FC kit on enemy territory, whatever. And I go, go past it. So second half comes, I decide, you know, I, I could probably go, go for, for a beer. So I decided to go ahead and use the other voucher at a different tent in, in a different location. And it was the same thing, except this time I got lucky and they gave me lettuce and tomato in a separate bag. So I'm, I'm thinking, wait a second. The, the other stadium that they were playing at, that was closer to Ikea than we are. So, I mean, my, my USL Unsolved Mystery is, why is Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Rising FC treating their fans and attendees of the matches like, like they're third-class citizens uh, when it comes to food? I mean, I've gone to numerous other uh, pro venues, whether it be one of the big four leagues, minor leagues, what have you. I've even gone to gas stations, cookouts, anything, that, any place that sells food, and they at least build the burger for you, and it's at least somewhat hot or warm. This was was nothing. They, they basically had pre-wrapped the burgers. I'm thinking probably what they did is they cooked so many at one time and just put it in storage. You know, like a temporary food storage, not even keeping them warm or anything like that. These were room temperature. If these were any stone, if these burgers were any more stone cold, I would have unwrapped a burger. And I would have heard a give me a yeah from the burgers. I mean, that that's how stone cold they were. And you have to put it together. I mean, some assembly required is good for children's sets, play sets like a Malibu Barbie house or a Lego play set. It is <laughs> not acceptable for food. <laughs> I mean, if I if I wanted to uh, put it together, burgers, I would have gone to Toys R Us. Oh wait, that's right, Toys R Us ain't around anymore. But Phoenix, if you're gonna claim you're a world class club, if you're gonna say you run the West, at least uh, run a damn concession stand right. Hot dogs, I get because even gas stations put the hot dogs in a bun separate. I mean, that's I, I totally get that, but burgers. Burgers are put together by the food workers. So the only thing you have to add on is the ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, whatever, you know, the, the, the wet ingredients. All the dry ingredients, including the cheese, are intended to be put on the burger that is fresh off the grill or at least has been warming under the heat lamp. This is no way to treat not only your fans, but visiting supporters, anybody like that. Would they do that inside the Wild Horse Pass Casino? I seriously doubt it. At this rate, given the ownership of Phoenix, it, it, nothing surprises me anymore. I mean, one one of the owners of Phoenix Rising FC is Diplo, who is a big name in the DJ world. But uh, a friend of mine has noticed how he ran his Mad Decent uh, music festival. I mean, it, it's almost up there with the fire festival, but, but I digress. His ownership, as well as Pete Wentz and some of the other owners of Phoenix Rising FC, they are going opposite directions yes they're going high up in the standings but they are taking their their food service down below the basement so the big mystery phoenix rising fc why are you treating your fans and your supporters the way you do with how you are serving this food i mean i may complain about the price of food at heart health park but at least one it's delicious two they put all the food together for you and three, you're not feeling like you're shopping in Ikea ha having to assemble everything. I mean, I know this is more of an unsolved mystery slash rant, maybe more on the rant side, but I, I, I've got to vo voice it out. And then earlier today, Phoenix Rising had the nerve to send me a survey asking how the match experience was. 
So I'm going to see if I get a response from this. I may even have to reach out to my account manager that got me the tickets. It's going to be an interesting week. That's all I can say. But Phoenix Rising, get your together with the food. You work on the food. You're going to get the fans happy and wanting to come back. And then this way, everything will be world-class over there. But start with that first. Unsolved Mysteries Explained, Phoenix. (laughs) Well, you'll definitely want to keep us up to date next podcast if you get any comments and and how they handle the situation there. But, man, I'd much rather wait a whole first half for my food at Harkout Park than get a burger like that. I can't imagine. That's already a bad experience. You get that like that and you're like, this is not fresh. This is really bad. And I paid so much for it. Even Orange County in San Diego, I had to wait forever for the food, but at least it was hot off the grill and tasted good. I mean, granted, the San Diego burger, I lost my appetite because we were that big of a hole, but at least they made the the effort. They, it, it was good. It was hot. I had to wait forever, but it was still decent. But I mean, San Diego and, and Orange County, they could speed up the pace, but you know, it was worth it. Phoenix. I've tasted hockey pucks that, that have more flavor than this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because California, all, almost all the almost all the teams, the big thing that they look at in California, because Californians are pretty choosy. I mean, there's 40 million, 40 some odd million of us. They look at the fan mm. experience as like top priority. You know, what is the fan experience? Not just, you know, coming to a match and watching a team play, you can go to high school soccer for that, you know, um, mm-hmm. but fan experience is big time in all the California venues. If you look at Oakland roots, you look at, you know, golden state warriors, you look at any of the pro teams, even the river cats, they have a wide variety mm-hmm. of things to do and to eat. And they have spaces and places and it's, it's fan experience, big time, California. I think we nail it that way. Yeah, and, and all the other pro sports teams around here, I mean, whether it be the uh, the D-backs, the Suns, the Coyotes, uh, hell, even the Sun Devils, you know, they they have decent food. Some some of it's great. In fact, I, I still remember the uh, Kachina burger when I went to my first uh, Coyotes game a couple years ago. Big, massive, juicy, a little pricey, but it was worth it. But this at the Rising FC, it's, it's, it's hot garbage. I mean, to, to put it cleanly. I mean, yeah. this is just severely disappointing. Oh, yeah. Room temperature garbage, too, right? Because it wasn't even hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, good good point. It's like garbage that's been sit, sitting on the wayside. Well, the interesting thing with the burger, Jared, I actually, before I, I close this out, how much did you pay for that burger? Yeah. But let's also get a price tag for this. Too. Yeah, let's get a price tag on that. Well, it was actually a voucher that came with the ticket because of the uh, special oh. deal that I got with the account manager. But I think if you were to pay for it, I think it was probably somewhere between 7 and $10. I'm not sure. I mean, it's not exactly uh, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium out in Atlanta prices. It was like, like 3 or $4. I mean, I'll put it this way. If I were to pay, have to pay for it, I would have almost cursed out the, the people there. But, but I... I I was like, you know what? It's the voucher. It's free. It was probably worth free. I mean, uh, I would have told him, you know, like, <laughs> if I'm doing y'all's job, you know, like as far as the, you know, warming it up and putting it together, just 
charge me a dollar instead of whatever price you're doing. But <laughs> I mean, ultimately in the end, you know, they're just trying to get as many uh, food items as out to customers as they can. But seriously, the club needs to look into this. They need to go back to the drawing board on, on how they're doing this. Yeah. Quality over quantity. I mean, that's, that's how it typically is. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and remind everyone if they haven't been following us on social media, then please, uh, please give us a follow. You can find us at state Republic 12 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, now that the season is pretty much over for us, you can be guaranteed in, in the November, we're going to have a couple of live shows. I'm trying and get a live interview as well. And, and I'll schedule it well in advance. So anyone has any questions for our guests, you can leave them in the comments beforehand. Uh, Republic Jeopardy number three may be coming your way sometime in November. Uh, Sharon's going to have more help this time <laughs> with getting the questions. And, and it is going to be themed uh, this season with stats, with different things that happen in this season, in and off the pitch as well. So be on the lookout for that. If you follow the season closely, you might do pretty good. Uh, and so ch check that out uh, when we get that announced. Also, as we mentioned, right next Saturday is our last game of the season against San Diego Loyal at 7.30 p.m. And we are going to have our last town hall of the season on Friday. Be on the lookout on social media for timing for that. But if you want to join, as always, send us a message or be on the lookout on social. We'll send out the StreamYard link for anyone who wants to hop on just to talk about this last game and even give your thoughts on the season. You can be on there. So check that out. Be on the lookout for that. Also, uh, with it being the last game of the season, and with the Republic actually doing fan appreciation night, well, we're also going to do our little twist on listener appreciation night as well. So if you want stickers, we can give you more stickers than usual. I'm trying to make sure that we clear out most of our inventory <laughs> in this last game. And Jared's going to have a good stack uh, himself as well. So Jared will be in TBB. Uh, I will be in TBD <laughs> because I'm not quite sure where I'm going to be sitting at quite yet for this last game Sharon I think you might be VIP and 107 right or even do the hybrid thing 106 either well, either both who knows yeah <laughs> okay so so we're gonna be basically around the stadium too if you want those stickers and we'll, we'll be handing them out uh, in general to people too because we we want all of you to know what we're gonna be doing uh not just on the podcast but on our social media as well so you want them great if you happen to miss it and you still want them uh, go ahead and send us your address and we're, we'll do our best to get them sent out soon but if you want more than just a couple then be there on, on saturday so we can give you more and and uh, be able to um get your stickers uh, and all that and and jared will also be there as a reminder for everyone right so he, he's going to be at the game as well and be on the lookout because uh, some of us might be wearing if weather permits to have to check what the weather's like on that day, but might be wearing our good old new trucker hats or state of the Republic trucker hats that uh, some of us already have. Jared's going to have his there as well. So <laughs> we might briefly wear them uh, if you want to see them uh, so you can get an idea of what those look like. And if anyone is actually interested in one, uh, go ahead and let us know. I'd have to do a, a little smaller order, but if, y'all really like him and you actually want to support one then uh, 
let us know and, and we'll figure out if, if we can do another order here soon. But yeah, that's that's just the newest merchandise that we have on State of the Republic. And uh, I'm still working on, on the scarves and, and situation on those, if we're going to sell them, how much they're going to cost and all that. But we'll, we'll have more details later on as well. So I'm going to be wearing my T-shirt. Oh, yeah. The very first State of the Republic T-shirt owned by Sharon. Uh, really good quality, I, I got to say. And if y'all really like it as well, I mean, if we get enough people, we might also do an order for that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're getting all merched up. And next season, we're going to have more merchandise as we keep growing this. So, um, yeah, thank you so much to everyone uh, for all the support that you give to us. As I always like to say, uh, you motivate us to do this every single day, every time we hop on here to talk about Republic and, and the off season to talk about more Central Valley soccer and anything that's going on in the soccer scene. And we look forward to that, to the interviews, be on the lookout, subscribe. So you find out when we post new episodes and when uh, we do those interviews, we have some already uh, scheduled out. So guarantee you, we have uh, interviews that we'll be posting in November. Uh, They have yet to be recorded, but they are scheduled. So we're really happy to do those. So we apologize for this lengthy podcast. This is a two hour podcast, but if you were working out while listening to this podcast, you just worked out for two solid hours. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. might be a little (laughs) less depending because usually I edit pods out and sometimes I cut some things out, but (laughs) we'll we'll see how long, how long it is. (laughs) Either way, you, either way, if, if you listen to this from start to finish and you're working out, you earned yourself a cheat day. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and good for you for working out, too, right? I know it's not easy, <laughs> especially with the weather getting colder now. I, I, I know myself how hard it is to even just get up at any time. Um, so thank you so much again to all of our listeners for all the support you give to us. And we will talk to you next week on our town hall on Friday again. Time to be determined, but check out our socials to find out what time that will be. So have a great night, everyone. And we'll see you next week here on Stay of the Republic podcast. I'm trying to see. I can't really see. <laughs> You're not getting any rain yet, Louise. I don't mean to rain on anybody's parade, but we're sitting here in like soaking rain and you've got nothing going on in Modesto. Yeah, Dry as a bone. It, it's just that, that's the story of our lives here in Modesto, sadly. And we're just getting soaked here. The power's out in a, a whole huge part of Sacramento. I don't mean to change the subject, but I mean, right now we're recording this podcast and it's pouring rain here in Modesto where Luis is. It's bone dry. That's California because we're long. You know, it's a very long state uh, up and down. And then <laughs> Jared's over there in Phoenix barking about what is- <laughs> hamburgers. <laughs> what is this rain you speak of? Hey, you guys had your monsoon last week. You guys had like weird, weird weather. What was it? A week or two ago? You guys had like your monsoon season and it was green and lush and people were all like, oh my gosh, Tucson, look how beautiful everything is. It's growing. And it's like, we were getting nothing. And now we're getting our, (laughs) what do they call it? A bomb cyclone. It's so strong. The bomb cyclone canceled California's uh, Ironman competition today. Mm. Uh, They, they, pulled the plug on it because they just couldn't guarantee the safety of everybody because um, you know, it's winds and rains and they showed the the path 
the area where either the cyclists were supposed to go and there's tree limbs down. Can you imagine biking along? It's like, now you're dead. So I'm glad they canceled it. Oh, yeah. 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 Jared, I don't know what you saw there, but watch this replay and tell us what you think. Okay. Well, actually, they, they don't actually show the the play before the what? free kick. Unfortunately, yeah. It, it's it's dumb, right? Convenient. Yeah. Oh, you, how funny you know what? Wait, wait, wait. Let's <laughs> guess. Wait, you have to write your first and second choices down Ooh. on a piece of paper and show it because we're going to guess each other's man of the match. This is always so much fun because Luis and I try to fool each other. <laughs> Luis, do you have your paper? Oh, let me get a piece of paper. Jared, what do you think? I think he had to step away from the phone. I don't know if he's still on. Okay. Not a problem. <laughs> oh, I just thought of his Matt Mahoney's best buddy. Um, why can't I think of his name? His wife plays on the national team. Oh, um, oh my God. Wow, no, I'm thinking as well. Come on, Jared, help us out. He was the runner. He was the guy that was the deep tank. He was an awesome guy. Um, oh, you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I, I know what it's too. Like, oh, come on. I, 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 I literally, I, I just picked him uh, in FIFA. He's actually on, on the FIFA video game for DC United. Right? Ah, uh, what is? Yeah, he plays for DC United and he's doing awesome there. So I think Pete Penanen... Here. Well, 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 I, I I know I know who you're talking about. Drew Scandra. Uh, Drew Scandra. Drew. Thank you. Sorry, Drew. We apologize. Can we cut out that little burp that we had in that little bit? So 